hopefully everybody had a fantastic last weekend of February. It's crazy. Tomorrow is Monday, March 1st. That's insane. So this is the very last day of February, and why not end the month with an episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, right? This is episode 158. I am your host, Brandon Lachance. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. As always, wouldn't be a show, wouldn't be here without you listening. So thank you very much. Appreciate every click, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, or the website www.rss.com backslash podcast with an S backslash edge of your seat podcast. Again, thank you for every click, every download, every listen. Much appreciated. Thank you. Also, a big thank you to Brian Cavelli who did the intro and outro beat for Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thanks, my friend. Thank you. It's a lot of thank yous. I like opening the show with thank you, thank you, thank you. Because isn't that how it's supposed to be? Yeah, probably. Our guest on this episode 158 is Mackenzie Brady, a St. Bede graduate who was a lifelong athlete. Gymnastics and basketball, volleyball, softball, track. Seems like she could do everything. But unfortunately, after a while, her body was just like, you know what, maybe we need to take some breaks here. And she shared that with us. She just had yet another surgery, and she talks about each and every surgery. This was her fourth, and she's been recovering, and now she's just ready to do normal things without the pain that she's had before. She's also done some traveling, she's in school, got a little bit of all kinds of stories about everything. Awesome guest, very glad to have her on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and she's going to blow you away with some things. It was pretty cool, it was a great talk. So we'll get to Mackenzie right after we talk about a lot of things. Lots going on in the sports world right now. Tons of high school sports, college sports. Going to do a little national roundup at the end. Lots of stuff to talk about, so let's hop right into this. High school sports, it's been going crazy. We're going to talk about everything from the last show and up. Every single podcast. So if we have the show tomorrow, it's going to be the things that happened on Monday. Today's Sunday, we got things from Wednesday. The last show where we talked about high school athletics was on Wednesday, so we're going to take the stuff that we didn't cover on that show, because we did Tuesday and forward from then, and talk about everything from there. So we got a lot to talk about, right? Wednesday's four days passed, but we cannot skip over the awesomeness. Can't just skip to like Friday or Saturday and not talk about it, so let's get into it. This high school segment is brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. We'll start with the rankings. The rankings came out February 23rd, and there should be rankings tomorrow as well. So we'll update those as we get them. For the girls, Illinois High School basketball rankings in 3A, Geneseo was still receiving votes. They received votes on the previous poll, which was actually the initial one for the season on February 16th. So they're receiving four votes. In 2A, Seneca is number 9 on the top 10 poll as they were 7-0 when the poll came out. Fieldcrest received 3 votes. 
in Class 1A, Amboy was number one on the poll, and Eastland was number two. As we will talk about later when we're breaking down games, Amboy and Eastland shared games this week. They play Tuesday and Thursday. We'll break those down. Wonder how the rankings are going to change, if they change at all, come this upcoming week. For the boys poll, DeKalb broke the top 10 in 4A at number 10 as they're 9-0. Actually, now they're 12-0. We'll talk about that as well. But they won three games this past week. So they're 12-0, sitting at 10. The last poll, we'll see where they move to in the next one. In 2A, the Fieldcrest boys received four votes and Newman one vote. If you are not sure, never heard of the polls before, there's 10 spots, one through 10, and then after that, if they received any votes, any school receive a vote, it is on the rankings as well, and that should be you know, mentioned, recognized, because that's pretty cool that you're still receiving votes, even if you're not in the top 10. That means somebody thinks you're good enough to be there. And when I say somebody, this is journalists in Illinois. In 1A for the boys, Indian Creek was number two, 6-0, but has lost since. And number three was Roanoke Benson, who at the time was 8-1. So let's break down some scores, some achievements, all that crazy awesomeness. Starting with Wednesday, we'll start with Anthony Cooper. 25 points for Ottawa to help Ottawa beat Rochelle 61-58. Hold on in an Interstate 8 game on Wednesday. Ottawa is now 8-1, 6-1 in the Interstate 8 Conference. Anthony Cooper, every time I see a box score, 25 points, 27 points, 26 points, 22 points. The man is a 20-point scoring machine. Machine. He's doing it all for Ottawa when it comes to putting the ball in the hoop. LaSalle Peru beat Plano 54-48 to move to 6-3. We spoke with LP on Thursday as they defeated Putnam County to move to 7-3. And, and that was episode 157 as we went to the game to watch the Cavaliers and Panthers go to war. LaSalle Peru winning 68-54. Also on Wednesday, Indian Creek knocked off Serena 84-52. For Indian Creek, who was 7-1 after beating Serena, Cam Russell, 23.6 assists. Michael Lampson, Dropped in 19 points. Jordan Wartman, 11 points. Brennan McNally, 11.7 rebounds. Andrew Gaston, 9 points, 13 assists. Everybody on that team can get it done. They all know how to play the game. They all can put up numbers all over the box score. For Serena, Camden Figgins, 17 points. And Ben Chagru, 13 points, 13 rebounds. Nice double-double for Ben there. Marquette knocked off St. Bede 63-49. Marquette is now 8-3. For the Crusaders, Luke Couch a career-high 23 points, while Vic Mullins, who had 14, and Logan Nelson, who had 11 points, those are season highs for them. Weathersfield moved to 10-1 with a 48-46 victory over Lewiston on Wednesday Colton Quagliano, 17 points and 5 assists. And Brady Kelly, 14 points, 14 rebounds. A nice double-dub for the Fighting Irish in that victory. And also in boys' ball, Dixon knocked off Stillman Valley, 70-59. In girls' hoops on Wednesday, 
Ottawa beat Rochelle 32-27. St. Bede beat Marquette 49-40. And Mendota knocked off Oregon 56-47 in a big Northern Conference game. For the Lady Trojans, Daisy Arteaga, 21 points, 6 rebounds, 3 steals, and 2 assists. Jenna O'Donnell, 15 points, 6 rebounds, 3 steals, and 3 assists. Everybody doing everything for Mendota. You have to in that conference. The Big Northern Conference is no joke in any sport. That's for sure. Let's move to some bowling. The Sterling girls beat Dixon 2,954 to 2,930. In boys action, Geneseo scored 3,270 to beat Sterling 3,048. Sticking with Sterling sports, Going to boys swimming, Sterling, who is now 5-0 in the pool, scored 102 points to outswim LaSalle, Peru, Ottawa, Streeter, Co-op, who had 68. So 102-68, Sterling moves to 5-0. While we're jumping around to all kinds of different sports and activities, which we like to do at Edge of Your Seat Podcast, the State Dance Tournament will see Sycamore as they qualify while Ottawa qualified in Palms. That is amazing for both Sycamore and Ottawa. Good stuff. In my mind, I do think dance competitions, Palm competitions like this are a sport. I know that will start debates, but I think it is. They're still competing. They're still doing physical stuff that people like I cannot do. So I'm gonna call it a sport. I think it's a sport. Congratulations to Sycamore and Ottawa from Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Moving on to Thursday. Already talked about the Cavaliers and Panthers, the boys teams. Edge of Your Seat Podcast was there. That's episode 157. Going back to bowling. The girls from Sterling fell to Geneseo as Geneseo racked up a score of 3,181 to beat Sterling 2,721. For Sterling, Olivia Zanani had a high game of 235 and a 589 series. All kinds of girls action, basketball-wise, on Thursday. Streeter knocked off Hersher, 39-17, behind Natalie Haynes, 15 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 blocks. I have never seen 8 blocks in a game. That had to be amazing to watch. Beastly. Very beastly. Fieldcrest moved to 9-1 with a 54-43 victory over Lexington. For the Knights, Haley Carver, 14 points. And Ashley May doing a little bit of everything. 13 points, 5 assists, 5 steals, 5 rebounds. Marquette took it to Midland, 56-37. Putnam County held on 48-46 against Henry Sinanchuan for a victory on Thursday. Sophie Harris, 18 points, four rebounds and a block. Caitlin Shioni, 11 points, five rebounds, four assists, five steals. In a Three Rivers Conference battle, Princeton beat Hall, 34-29. For the Tigresses, Grace May, nine points and five rebounds, while Mackenzie Hecht, eight points, nine rebounds, two assists. In a little 10 conference matchup, Samanak beat Indian Creek 43 to 35. 
for Indian Creek. Brooke Hyman had 17 and Gina Sanford 11. So Brooke and Gina had 28 of Indian Creek's 35 points in a losing effort. And on Thursday, Amboy got their revenge. When we were talking about the rankings, we spoke about Amboy and Eastland splitting games this past week. So on Tuesday, Eastland won 51-49 to give Amboy their first loss of the season. Well, then Amboy returns the favor, defeating Eastland 66-52 on Thursday. So now they're one and one, but there's not going to be a third game. That's unfortunate, very, very unfortunate, because I would love to see who would win the rubber band match. These are rivals. Like, this is the definition of rival. In girls basketball, in this area, I don't think there's any better matchup than Amboy and Eastland. Eastland's got star power. Amboy's got star power. Both coaches are veterans and know what they're doing. And you can tell on the basketball court when you're watching these two teams go at it. So on Tuesday, when Eastland knocked off Amboy, it wasn't a surprise. Then on Thursday, Amboy returns a favor. Not a surprise. Not at all. Actually, most people thought they were going to avenge the loss. Because that's the way these two teams play. It is fun and exciting to watch. I love it. Hopefully it sticks around at least another year or two. That would be cool, but I know there's a lot of seniors and, you know, team dynamics change rather quickly in high school athletics. Boys action on Thursday. Indian Creek walloped Hiawatha 100-19. to Yes, 100 points for Indian Creek, 19 for Hiawatha. Wow. Wow. Back to bowling for the boys. Oregon outrolled Sterling 3,354 to 3,303. Sterling was led by Jordan Glazier, who had a series of 612 with a game high of 221. Friday, headed on to the weekend. Had to get some sports in before Saturday and Sunday rolled around. In boys basketball action. Sterling 72, Rock Island, Alleman 42, 30 point win for the Golden Warriors. In boys action, Sterling defeated Rock Island, Alleman 72-42. Also on the hardwood, on Friday in boys action, Salmonock beat Earlville 66-55 in a little 10 conference game. For Salmonock, Alexander Kretschke had 21 points and Colton Aid. 20 points, while Brock Zimmerman had a double-dub of 11 points and 11 rebounds. Newark beat Hinkley Big Rock 48-36. Hinkley Big Rock fall into 7-3, 5-1 in the Little Ten Conference. Newman beat St. Bede in a close contest, 72-68. Before the game, there was a special moment, a circle of prayer, of thought, for St. Bede girls basketball player, Ren Ludford, who was in a car accident and is okay, but was hurt pretty badly. Thoughts and prayers with Ren, with her family, with St. Bede, with everybody involved. Marquette beat Low Point Washburn 46-33. Fieldcrest knocked off Lexington by 38 points, 88-50. Hiawatha after getting smacked 100-19 to by Indian Creek, 
picks up a win over Serena on Friday, 62-61. For Serena, Camden Figgins, 24 points, and Ben Chagru, 23. Those two are a dynamic duo, if you haven't noticed yet. Princeton beat Hall, 74-53. 21-point victory for Princeton in that Three Rivers Conference game. Girls action on Friday. Sandwich beat Ottawa 34-31. LaSalle Peru beat Morris 44-30. It was 31-28 with four minutes left in the game. LP goes on a 13-2 run to knock off Morris. For the Lady Cavaliers, Brooklyn Fisick 22 points and Lauren Klein added 15. Also on Friday, Sycamore defeated Rochelle 56-30. Lots of action yesterday as well on Saturday in boys action. DeKalb knocked off Indian Creek 87-52. DeKalb moving to 13-0. This was for the Chuck Dayton Tournament. The MVP was Trutton Kyler of DeKalb. Big props to him. And DeKalb 13-0 in 4A, even though Indian Creek, a 1A school, that's impressive. Going 13-0 in 4A with a tough schedule, they have not been playing easy teams. And Indian Creek's not easy either. When they lost their first game on Tuesday, that was their first regular season loss in two years. February 17th of 19. That's a long time. They are not an easy team to beat. DeKalb... Just has a lot of talent in a very, very polished school when it comes to boys basketball. Weathersfield moves to 12-1 with a win over Elmwood, 51-45 for Weathersfield. Wayland Bryant, 15 points, 5 rebounds. And Brady Kelly, 11 points, 4 rebounds. Girls Hoops, Seneca, too much for Streeter as they win, 45-25. Hinkley Big Rock. Knocks off Plano, 53-44. For the Lady Royals, Ashley Wackerlin scores 15 points. Tessa Prelberg, 13 points. But listen to these two things that she does. 8 for 8 on the free throw line in the fourth quarter. That's amazing. And she hit a 3 in the game to notch her 136th career 3-pointer, which ties a school record. Awesome for Tessa. Good stuff. That is fantastic. Hopefully her family got her a pizza, put her on their shoulders, carried her out of the school. You know, all that cool stuff because she deserves it. On Saturday, Rock Island beat Sterling 52-51 in overtime. And this is after Sterling's game on Friday where they beat Rock Island Alleman 53-34 and Brooke Bornham had 26 points for Sterling. She's a scoring machine, too. Seems like she is always, always at the top of the scoring column in Sterling girls' basketball games. Returning to the bowling alley, the Sterling girls finished 7th at the Dixon Invitational, which had 9 teams. Senior Olivia Zanani, who we had mentioned before, she's a top bowler for Sterling, had a 6-game series of 1,138. This wraps up our talk about high school sports accomplishments, all of the amazing things that these athletes and coaches are able to do. And like I said, we are going to do this every single podcast. And the podcasts are going to be 
more frequent so we're not doing four days at one time but just know we're always going to talk about high school sports and give them the love and recognition that they deserve the high school segment is brought to you by shimmer mendota ford mendota ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first after a horrible 2020 in every sense of the term mendota shimmer ford wants to help make 2021 awesome with style comfort and great deals stop by and see the 2021 ford bronco sport or the 2021 ford f-150 which are both in stock these are just a few of the options at shimmer mendota ford as it has a huge selection of new and used vehicles on the lot and even more on the website www.mendotaford.com whether you shop online or at shimmer mendota ford located just south of mendota on highway 251 Manager Ski Hartman and his associates, Jason Hintz and Doug Safranek, will use their experience and understanding of the vehicle you're looking for to help you roll through 2021 just the way you want. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries at Shimmer Mendota Ford. There is also some amazing things going on in college athletics and it just happens a few of these things include people, athletes, student athletes from the Illinois Valley. In track, Illinois State University won its fourth consecutive women's indoor Missouri Valley Conference Championship. Never been done before. Amazing for them. And LaSalle Peru graduate Rachel Hickey was part of it as she finished fourth in the mile and sixth in the 800. Also, Redbirds coach Jeff Bovee won the coach of the year for the indoor championship of the MVC. Huge MVC guy here as I am a alum of Southern Illinois University and of course we're in that conference. SIU actually finished second behind ISU. In the Big Ten, Brett Dennis from St. Bede finished seventh in the 60 meter hurdles with an 801 to help Illinois in that huge conference championship. Iowa actually won for the fourth time in school history and the first time since 1963 for the men in the Big Ten. It's crazy we're talking about track. There's still snow and stuff outside, but we're ready. Everybody's ready to forget about the snow, the cold, and just do our thing on the sports stage. So I'm happy. I'm happy we're talking about this right now. And we're not done talking about spring sports as Brady Hubie, also from LaSalle, Peru, has been doing his thing on the baseball field for Northern Illinois University on Friday in a game against Evanston. Hits a two-run home run, then hits an RBI double in the top of the ninth to give NIU a 4-1 lead going into the bottom of the ninth. However... Evanston scores four runs to take the game 5-4. So Hubie did everything he could on the plate. Just couldn't hang on to the win there as Evanston knocked off NIU in the first game for NIU of the season. On Saturday, Brady went 0-4. Huskies lost 8-5 to Evanston. But they got the revenge on Sunday today as they won 7-4. Hubie went off. Went 3 of 4, 
two runs, a triple, stole a base, and got hit by a pitch. That's that man right there, doing everything. We will definitely be keeping a close eye on seeing what the college athletes are doing as well. It is difficult in these COVID-19 terms where schedules are different and changing every day. Lots of things going on in a short amount of time. Trying to jump in, get everything we can, talk to everybody you can. Edge of URC podcast will do the best they can to have all the amazing stuff right here. But there's also amazing things that you can do for yourself outside of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Yes, we're talking about physical fitness, staying fit. And let's face it, it's not easy. There's tons of factors working against us. Time and work schedules, lack of a support system, maybe motivation is low. You don't want to be judged or criticized if not supporting a gym rat body. Injuries or physical restrictions. All of these things can damper our physical fitness and getting to a gym or getting somewhere to burn some calories. However, there is a place where these no's or maybe's become yeses. LP CrossFit. LP CrossFit located at the Prune Mall across from Secret Nails offers a weekly schedule of classes for any level of fitness. It's not one time, one day a week. There are many options and classes only last one hour. A support group? LP CrossFit is a diverse community focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. Motivation? The trainers at LP CrossFit help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life with workouts of numerous movements including bodyweight, gymnastic, and barbell. Everyone is guided, pushed, at a productive and comfortable level. If you're an experienced athlete or getting your first taste of physical fitness, everyone is welcomed and viewed as equals. You would go at your own pace. You want to go hard? It's hello, how are you? Go get at it. You want a more relaxed approach? You'll receive the same welcome. Hello, how are you? Go get at it. Injuries and mobility restrictions are a top priority at LP CrossFit as all small group classes are coach-led and movements are infinitely scalable for all members. LP CrossFit opens all doors for everyone. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook or at lpcrossfit.com. A few things we have to talk about on the national stage. First, Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks scored his 400th career goal today on Sunday in a 5-1 win over the Detroit Red Wings. The dude's amazing. Love watching him play. I know he's getting up there in age and he's not going to be around forever, but it has been fantastic when I do watch hockey. Not saying I watch it all the time, but when he's on the ice, it's fantastic to watch. He is, I'm trying not to say fantastic again. He's amazing. The dude can do everything with the stick, with the puck. There's no stopping him. He's the fourth player in Chicago Blackhawk history to score 400 points and the 100th in the NHL. 100 players in the NHL have scored 400 goals. Do you know how many people have been in the NHL since it started? That is fantastic. I know 100 seems like, oh, that's a big number. But not compared to the number of players that have put on skates in an NHL jersey. Congratulations to Patrick Kane. It has been a pleasure 
to watch you play, no doubt. I'm going to keep watching you, too. MLB Spring Training is here. Twitter going nuts, Facebook going nuts as baseball is back. And makes you think of summer, warmer weather. We're ready. We're ready to see some home runs, some multi strikeout games, a Chicago White Sox World Series. Just saying. Ready. Ready, 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 ready for the MLB spring training and, of course, the regular season. The NBA All-Star Game is coming next Sunday, March 7th, and a couple different switch-ups, which we got to talk about as we listed the rosters on episode 156. Devin Booker is in. Yes, 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 yes. It shouldn't have been because of an injury. He should have been just put in as a reserve, but he wasn't. He was the biggest snub in pretty much everybody's eyes, but he's in. Anthony Davis cannot play because of a calf strain. Devin Booker is getting his spot. I am happy. I'm not happy for Anthony Davis. I love watching him play as well, but Devin Booker should be in this All-Star game. Kevin Durant is not going to play, but he's still going to be a team captain and pick a team, but he's not playing. So his substitute was named as DeMontis Sabonis from the Indiana Pacers. Fantastic player, deserves to be there as well, but not really a snub. He wasn't a snub in my eyes, but he could be an all-star. He was one of those fringe players with a couple other people on the east side that if they got in, cool, understand that, but if they don't, okay as well because there was better players than them in the lineup. This was the situation with Sabonis, but glad he's in there. And with Durant not being in the starting lineup, Jason Tatum from the Boston Celtics put in there. I'm really happy with that decision. Thought they were going to do James Harden and move him up. I'm kind of happy Harden remains a reserve. Jason Tatum gets the starting spot. The dude's a beast. Going to be a top name in the NBA for quite a long time and deserves to be a starter. Since we mentioned Durant and we mentioned Harden, might as well mention the other third of the big three with the Brooklyn Nets. That's Kyrie Irving. He was named a starter for the NBA All-Star Game. But as usual, he says some stuff, gets in the, the media, gets in the news, but this time I don't think he was all too crazy. Usually he's known, mentioned, for saying some off the wall, off the dome craziness that you either don't understand or you're like, man, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. This time he did it. He supported Kobe Bryant being the new logo of the NBA. I'm all for it. I think it should happen. Kobe Bryant is a legend, is an icon. Not saying Jerry West isn't, but Jerry West played 40 or 50 years ago. We have video games where he's still on them, and he was a general manager for a couple teams, including the Lakers, including the Memphis Grizzlies. He doesn't resonate with basketball fans as the logo. Like, even in the 90s, okay, yeah, he was still around and talked about a lot, and yeah, he was the logo. It should be Kobe Bryant. I mean, as a Michael Jordan guy, you think, oh, he's the best, uh, but there's so many arguments that you couldn't with him. He retired because of gambling, other things happened, just wouldn't be the logo kind of guy. And things happened with Kobe Bryant. There was the woman in, I think, Colorado. We all remember that. But we also remember his drive, his determination, his success, and what he was able to do on the court. 
neither one of them, Jordan or Kobe, were proven guilty in a court of law. Kobe denied it hard, said, nope, that did not happen. I had sexual relations, but I did not do anything more than that. Jordan has never openly said, yeah, I was gambling, so I had to step out. No, he left to go play baseball because his father had passed, and baseball was his dad's passion and what he wanted Michael Jordan to play. That's the story he goes by. We can play devil's advocate and the guardian angel all we want to of good human being, bad human being, mistakes, non-mistakes, all that other stuff. But just in terms of basketball and the fans these days and the fans for at least the next 30, 40 years are going to remember Kobe Bryant very clearly. There is videos, rap songs, video game covers, posters, absolutely everything merchandise-wise of Kobe Bryant somewhere. He is going to be remembered forever and as a likeness of a logo, yes, yes, he definitely should be. So for once in my life, I am going to agree with Kyrie Irving and say yes, put Kobe Bryant as the logo of the NBA. One more thing we got to talk about before we get to our guest, Mackenzie Brady, who was amazing to talk to, so glad got her on the show to share with us everything that she did, injuries and travel and being a student and the craziness of life. It was really, 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 really cool to talk to Mackenzie, no doubt about that. But there has been a bill introduced to Congress allowing college athletes endorsement deals and to hire representation, like an agent, and to be like a pro athlete but be in school. Not as a pro athlete, but to make money off of something that they have been doing for free forever. And when they get hurt, their opportunity of making money is gone, and it was for school. That really doesn't matter to them because they're athletes. They're not engineers. If you're an engineer, you're going off four years, you might play basketball, but that's not your main focus. These guys, that's their main focus, and that's what they're doing. They should get paid. They shouldn't have to worry about all these things over their head when they're in school and don't take a free burger. Don't take a dollar somebody hands you. When they're starving, when their moms are dead broke and they have to wait for at least a year to make money to help their families. So many intangibles, so many different things we could add to this conversation. But if you're a sports fan or know anything about college athletics, you already know these things that I'm saying and the elaborations that we could go into. It's crazy how NCAA has not been forced to pay these athletes already. Look at Alabama, the football program. How much money they make off of the football players. It's not just the name, the Crimson Tide. It is to a certain point. Let me take that back. It is to a certain point, but it's also the players. The best football players in high school all around go and play there and then Alabama sells all these jerseys all these sweaters all these license plate covers all these everything's because of these players because people want to be like them or see them and know they're going to the pros and want to be fans of them while they're in college Alabama just sits back racks up the money and says well I hope they don't get hurt so they can make their money but we're gonna make this while they're here on our payroll 
not really payroll, but our student role, I guess. I guess that's the better way to put it. While you're a student here, we're going to rack up the money. You can get yours later. But what if that later never happens? And that's the issue, and that's why this bill hopefully gets passed, and it should have been passed and introduced a long, long, long time ago. At least we're seeing things happen now. Where we could say, oh, it should have been 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, but at least something's happened now. Let's take care of it. Let's get these people paid and have their lives better than they were before. Speaking of better than before, what about home renovations? Make your home more comfortable, more fantastic. I'm trying to see how many times I can say the word fantastic in one podcast. I'm going to say it one more time, though, because the work that Olsen Construction does for their customers in their homes, in their sheds, in their garages, even if it's cold, is fantastic. Brothers Keith Miles and Tommy Olson will use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Whether it be roofing, siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels, Olsa Construction can do it all. For a free estimate, call Olsa Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olsen Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsenconstruction19 at gmail.com. Well, that's the intro for us at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We got to get to Mackenzie Brady, St. Bede graduate, doing big things. Had a couple speed bumps, little road bumps. She shares all the stories with us. Very happy we have her on this episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure you come back and you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and our website, www.rss.com backslash podcast with an S backslash edge of your seat podcast. Also, feel free to send us an email about absolutely anything, whether it be you want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest, advertising opportunities with edge of your seat podcast. You like something I said, you don't like something I said, you like something a guest said, you don't like something a guest said, anything, any inquiries, questions, concerns, send us an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Well, hopefully you enjoyed your weekend, and this week coming up is fantastic for you. Until next time, peace. Can't believe it is already January, flying through the years, the months here. It's January, is it the 9th or 10th? <laughs> it's the 10th. See, I don't even know what day it is anymore. I know. Well, I mean, that seems like a great intro for this episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I am talking with St. Beat alum, now a student at Illinois State University, Mackenzie Brady. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thank you for having me. Sometimes it's difficult trying to think of how to do these intros, and I'm like, you know what? This seems perfect. Why not? Just go with it, yeah. That's what the past year has been like, so... Just go with the flow. 
That is exactly what's been going on, and I think that is going into 2021, and that's kind of where I was going with with the intro is, who knows what's going to happen? Right. Speaking of who knows what's going to happen, the reason I contacted you to get you on the show was I saw a picture of you that you had taken, a, a selfie, I think, of you in the hospital talking about another surgery and things that were going on and you're going to try to rehab and I want to bring you on and maybe you could share what's going on and the path that you went. For sure. So I think, yeah, my the end of my senior year, I had a shoulder surgery and I actually had torn it during volleyball season. That rehab was long and grueling, but I played through all basketball season because that was my favorite sport. And I tried for softball, but I threw a softball <laughs> um, and it just wasn't going to happen. So I scheduled my surgery um, at the end of February and that was kind of it for sports. But a few months later, I had really bad hip pain in both my hips. So I went to the American Hip Institute in Chicago and they told me I needed a double hip surgery. So that has been what I've been going through like the past year and a half, um, a lot of rehab and two surgeries. So, All right, now let's give some of the, the background information. So you graduated St. B 2018? Yes. Yeah, February of 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's when you had the surgery, the first one? Yeah, and that was for my shoulder. You mentioned basketball. Where did your love for sports start? What was the first thing that you started to do? And I'm guessing these are all sports injuries? Yeah, (laughs) yes, they are. So first, I started with gymnastics at a really young age, at about three. My parents put me in that, and that was great, and I loved it, and I did it until I was about 14. And then I ended up being a gymnastics instructor for four years as well. I loved it so much. But softball, I started at like five years old, and I loved that. That was my favorite sport for as long as I can remember. And then I got to high school, and I'm sure you know Coach McGonigal, but he was the best coach, um, like always pushed me to my limits. Just had a deep love for sports after being like coached by him. Tom McGonagall is a friend of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. He's been on a couple times and one of my favorite guys around the Illinois Valley to talk sports with or education. He is a great, smart man, that is for sure. Yes. Since we're talking about him, what was it about him, about his coaching style that you love so much since you've been playing all these different sports and had so many other coaches? What is it about him that sticks out? I would definitely say his constructive criticism Um, A lot of times I kind of take that in one ear and out the other (laughs) because I'm a little hard-headed. He just knows so much about the game. It was really easy to listen to his advice and what he did say, like, did improve my game or help the team. And so his intensity and love for the sport was just amazing. And I loved having him as a coach and he was the ambassador director when I was there and still is. But yeah, he's just an all-around great person. Awesome. Let's get back to sports. This isn't a Tom McGonagall podcast, even though we should have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) So you start gymnastics at a real young age, then you go to softball, then you were playing basketball. Did you do anything else while you were in? You played volleyball, correct? Were those your four? Yep, I played volleyball as well, yeah. Those are my four sports. So you were always doing something from a very young age. Yes, I was always busy. I think busy is an understatement. That's a lot. I know. My mom was very happy when I got my license. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you could drive. I don't have to take it no more. Exactly. So we start off talking about these injuries in your path, and you had a shoulder injury and two hip surgeries. What brought those upon? I know I said sports injuries, but what kind of happened there? So my shoulder was from volleyball, and it was like hitting and serving. In one practice, I served, and I like something just didn't feel right. And so I went and got that checked out, and they said it was a labral tear. And I finished the volleyball season. I played basketball. And so I had partial bicep tear, and also I tore my rotator cuff after playing so much on it. So then I obviously had to have a pretty invasive surgery, and that was repaired. It's great now. And then I had my right hip done in November of 2019, and that surgery went really well. And so then I decided to get my left hip surgery done. Is it 20? Yeah, it's 2021. So uh, 2020, uh, in November of 2020. I like how we just went full circle with these years, not knowing what year it is. I know, but those were from um, gymnastics and, like, flexibility and just all the hard hitting that um, your hips get from, like, backflips and all that fun stuff that I used to do, so. So with these surgeries, I'm guessing there's no more time on the gymnastic mats. No, unfortunately not, no. That's got to be sad, though, something that you love to do for that long, and then physically you're just not able to do it anymore. I know, and a lot of times, I mean, just for fun, like, it's a good workout to just do, like, some backflips or stretch how I would in gymnastics or the workouts that I did every time I went into the gym. But, yeah, no, it's kind of sad that I can't just, like, pull out a backflip anymore. I mean, I could never do a backflip. That's got to feel good that you could have done them at least one time in your life. Yes, that's true. At least at least I did plenty of them when I could. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what were some things that, you know, your body felt before the surgeries that you started to notice or, you know, maybe they popped or creaked or cracked or hurt all the time? What were some things that were happening that you're like, oh, man, I think I might have messed something up? So the cracking started when I was probably, I can't even remember, like 13. My parents always said I walked funny even then. And I was like, no, I'm fine, like, that's just how I walk, mom and dad. Like, stop <laughs> making fun of me. But eventually, it started to hurt, like, on the sides of my hips. And I was like, it's fine. It's just sports. It's because I'm running on basketball and volleyball. Later on, when I was in college, I'm like, that's so weird. My hips are still cracking. And my freshman year of college, I remember walking down, like, a crowded hallway. My friends were like, we can hear your hips cracking. I'm like, no, you can't. They're like, yes, we can. And so... I went home and in a silent room, like you can hear, like I could hear my hip crack every time I took a step on each side. So that's when I was like, okay, this is a little concerning. I couldn't run a mile or like anything at 19. So I was like, this isn't normal. And that's when I went into the doctor. And were the doctors surprised that you hadn't been there already? Because that sounds like it was pretty evolved at that time. Yeah, they, <laughs> at first they, we're like, maybe it's a birth defect and like it just fully developed now. But once I told them I was in gymnastics, they said that's absolutely the cause. And they see a lot of gymnasts um, in there for the same reasons, like a bilateral labral tear. So, Not going to lie, kind of walking around my apartment and now my hips hurt. 
Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that goes, though. Like, somebody will say something about, you know, a body part or something that they had broke or whatever, and then all of a sudden, like... You start to feel it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what's going on right now. I'm, like, holding my hip as I'm walking around, like, oh, no. <laughs> so now, after the surgeries... You did say your shoulder feels great. It's awesome. I know your hip surgeries not too long ago. How has it been happening, or how have you been feeling since then? My right hip is, like, great, and I, it doesn't crack when I walk. It doesn't hurt. My left hip, I'm still doing physical rehab and therapy for that, but it is getting, like, a lot stronger. Even the doctors and, like, the surgeon, when they came in before my surgery, they're like, you know the drill. This is how it's going to go. I was like, I know. Been here, done it. So it's really just going through the long, like, healing process again, which obviously that gets frustrating um, at times when I can't go work out or I can't run yet. But it's part of the process, and hopefully I'll be cleared in March when I go see my surgeon again. Do you have any surgeons or nurses or anything like that that you want to give a shout out to? Because I had a bunch of things when I was a kid and some of the doctors and stuff, I had to shout out because they did amazing work and it seems like they did for you as well. Yeah, so Dr. Dome, and he's up in Chicago and he's like the best, so professional and I loved my experience as much as you can love a surgery <laughs> with someone like he did a phenomenal job on both my hips, so. Very thankful for that. Are you glad that you had the surgeries done? Sometimes, you know, the pain isn't enough, but you have the surgeries anyway, and maybe it makes it worse or, you know, a little better, but then you're worried about things. There's always nerves and stuff when you're going under the knife. How is your yeah. mentality going into all these surgeries? The first one, I really was kind of chickening out. I'm like, maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. But after I had that first surgery and I had time off um, before I got my left hip done, I went back to the Y over the summer and I was working out and I ran like, I think a mile and a half and my right hip was like completely like, okay, I didn't have any pain. It was sore the next day, obviously, because I hadn't ran that long since I got the surgery, but my left hip was like hurting so bad the whole time I was running, but that's when I knew I'm like, I'm so happy I had the surgery because it doesn't crack when I walk and people can't hear it and I can do activities I like without pain. So yes, I'm, I'm very happy that I had the surgeries done. Perfect. Maybe not do some backflips, but at least you can walk. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Before you had the surgeries, did they say any like long lasting effects if you didn't get the surgeries? Like, hey, if you kept walking on your hips the way they were, you know, this could happen, this could happen. What were some of the things that they were telling you? Essentially, my labrums would have just been, like, fully torn, and I would have had to get it eventually when I was older, so it was inevitable, but, like, the pain just would have gotten a lot worse, and, like, a lot of things would have bothered it, like, walking less amounts and, like, so on, so eventually I would have had to get it, so I just decided I might as well when I'm young and can recover faster, so... That was going to be my next comment. Good thing you got it when you were young, because exactly, you recover faster and rehab is easier and there's not as much arthritis and aches and pains as when you get older. Exactly. So smart move. Good job. We said that your gymnastic career pretty much over with the surgeries and, you know, the, the pain that your body's been in. Do you play any other sports at the moment? I do not. I really just work out. I lift weights when I can, so... That's really it for me. 
It gets crazy as you get older in those sports, the things that you did your entire childhood. Then you get older, and then they're not there. It's a really weird feeling, right? It is weird. But I did coach. It was 2018, yeah, winter of 2018 slash 2019. I coached um, Trinity Girls Volleyball, and that, like, brought back some memories. And so hopefully when I'm a teacher, I'll get to coach as well because I love doing that. Awesome. I can see you as a coach, too. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> now you said when you become a teacher, is that what you're going to school for at ISU? Yes. So I'm going to be a Spanish teacher. So I'm in the Spanish ed program right now at ISU. Oh, that's difficult. I did four years, okay, maybe three years in high school, and I did two years in college. That was going to be my minor to my journalism bachelor's degree, and I got two years in, and I'm like, okay, this is getting crazy hard. Maybe I need to switch it up, and that's what I did, and then I dropped Spanish. So I know it's difficult, and I give you all the props for trying to do that. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Definitely, I didn't know before I went to Spain, like, how my language was, and once I got there, it was a total like shock of how fast these people were speaking and I was like maybe I can't do this but by the time I went home I was like yep I can do it I can hold a conversation with my host mom like we talked for hours and that's when I really realized that like being a Spanish teacher was for me so I'm super excited so now you're fluent and bilingual close I wouldn't say I'm fluent yet you learn like new things every day when you're speaking another language so yes and no <laughs> all right i want to hear something in spanish let's hear i'm happy to be on edge of your seat podcast okay um uh, estoy contenta para ser in edge of your seat podcast i don't know how to say that <laughs> i love it i love it i know a little bit of spanish still because i took all those years but as you get older you kind of forget all of it too right well, thank you. That was awesome. Nobody's spoken Espanol on this podcast. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be the first. For sure, for sure. So that's why you're at ISU. What kind of level do you want to teach Spanish? Do you want to go to high school? Is that what your your aim is? Yeah, so I'm getting certified K-12, so I potentially could teach whatever grade level, but um, I really want to do high school, and I don't know, my favorite year besides senior year was sophomore year of high school, so I'm thinking maybe ideally like sophomore year Spanish, freshman, sophomore Spanish. So the early years. Mm-hmm. That's when it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Before you gotta change verbs and all that other stuff that makes it difficult. Exactly. I'm trying to think of my... Uh... Spanish name in high school. I think it was Pablo. Pablo? <laughs> I wanted it to be player, which was Hugadora, but the teacher wouldn't allow it. He's like, nope, can't do it. So I picked another name, which was Pablo, and he's like, okay, I'll call you Pablo J from now on. I'm like, perfect. That works for me. Aw, uh, that's funny. What is your Espanol name? Um, in high school, it was Josefina. No, 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 it was Joella. Yep, Joella. Joella. Mm-hmm. How do you say Mackenzie in Espanol? Do you change it at all, or is it just Mackenzie? Uh, no, you can't change it, but every time I talk to a Spanish person, they say Mackenzie, like that. So, that's my name in Spanish to them. Mackenzie? Yeah, they say it, I don't know, my, my host mom said it, like, they're with a, like, the Z was like a C, and like a long A, I don't know, it's... I can't see like that. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I would keep that around too. That is cool. I like it. Yeah. Well, you said you went to Spain. That is awesome. Talk about some of your experiences in Spain. I've never been there. Always wanted to be a world traveler. Talk about Spain. So I left January 6th of last year, and I absolutely loved it there. I actually was so nervous to go. I've been like to a lot of countries, but never left home for five and a half months. So I was really nervous, and I remember at the O'Hare airport, I called my mom, like, you need to come pick me up. I don't want to do this anymore. And then COVID hit in March, so we all kind of had to go home, and I was calling, crying that I didn't want to leave. So my experience there was awesome. I was in Granada, Spain, and that's on the southern side of Spain, and I lived with a host family. My host mom was incredible. She made me breakfast and dinner and did my laundry, and we watched, like, a TV show together every Tuesday night. It was kind of like a bachelor, but the Spanish version. And then I took five, six classes there. And the school was kind of different, like the university. It was super small, like even smaller than St. Bede, like tiny, like two floors. And it was mostly other Americans, or I met a lot of Australians, other foreign exchange students. And yeah, I, I can't even like talk about Spain because I have so many things that I would say, but it was an incredible experience and I met so many friends there and saw so many beautiful things. So I'm very thankful that I got to go for the two and a half months, even though it was cut short. So I don't know if you've ever heard of edge of your seat podcast before, but (laughs) what we do here is talk. So yeah, I want to hear all about Spain. What were some of the beautiful, cool things that you got to see? Like I said, I lived in the southern side of Spain, in Granada. So the city is like 300,000 people, I believe, around there. And so I think every, almost every weekend, me and my friends would hike up to, um, it's called San Miguel Alto. And it's this super pretty, like, they have a ton of miradores in the city. So like lookout points, and you can just see over the city. And that one is the tallest one. And so we'd always hike up there. It's like two miles and just watch like the sunsets or even go out like earlier sunrises or stay out there the whole day and like have a picnic. That was beautiful because we got to see the whole city. And then I also went to the Alhambra. That is basically a big fortress that the Spaniards had um, in like Columbus's time. So that was really cool to see because it's so old and it was like constructed so well. I went to Sevilla and I got to see Christopher Columbus's short his ashes are so that was crazy i went to a few different cities there ronda which michelle obama took a tour there when she was in spain and that's like a super beautiful city um i went to madrid yeah i got as much out of it as like i could for the time being but i will go back and see more of spain because i loved it there i kind of want to go there now just by listening to you like that'd be awesome yeah Did you tell the other students about the awesomeness of cornfields and where you're from? Yes, I did. A lot of the students were from the Midwest. A ton of students went to Ohio State, so we were all kind of on the same page of, like, awe when we got there. Yeah, we went out to different cafes or restaurants every night because we were like, this city is incredible, and it's so weird to be in a different country doing completely different things in college, so... We tried to do it all. 
Yeah, I would too. Two things that I'm always interested in when you're going to different places is the food and clothing, like how people look. What were some differences from the States compared to Spain? The food is so healthy, but it's so good. So a lot of times we had seafood for dinner, and that was always so good. And a lot of rice. And what else did I eat a lot of? A lot of ham. Ham is a big thing there. Olive oil on everything. Um, it's a Mediterranean diet, so it was very healthy, but it was also so good. And my host mom was a good cook, so I got lucky. But for clothing, they dress up, like, very nice. If you're going to work, people are in suit and ties. The students there, you don't wear sweatpants to college classes. You wear jeans and, like, a nice shirt. or So they definitely dress up a little bit more um, over there. So I like that, though. I liked being <laughs> dressed up for school. And it was a change, but I, I liked everything about it. I really liked the culture. That's awesome. So there wasn't people wearing pajama pants to work? No. Nope. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> You also said that you've traveled to other countries. Where are some other places that you've been, Mackenzie? Um, so I've been to Spain, obviously, China, Mexico, and oh, Costa Rica. That's a pretty awesome list. I'm jealous. Yes, I'm very lucky. <laughs> so for listeners who may remember the name Brady, I had your little sister Cassidy Brady during the basketball season last year when we were still able to play basketball before state tournaments got canceled for the boys. Anyway, she talked about traveling and she loved it. And she also talked about some few weird cuisines she had, like guinea pig and alpaca. What kind of weird, crazy stuff have you ate at these other countries? Um, I would definitely say the strangest food um, came from China. And there I ate... Well, I learned to eat it and then ask what it was after I ate it. Um, so, um, I had cow trape, pig intestines, jellyfish, puffer fish, which if you don't eat it the right way, you can get poisoned. Just a bunch of crazy stuff. They serve like the fish with the head on and the scales on it and everything. And you use your chopsticks to pick up like little pieces that was a change for sure. I really relied on the rice um, served with all the meals <laughs> to fill me up. Because I tried everything, but I didn't necessarily love it. What was the thing, the food item that you hated the most? Probably the cow trait, just because of the texture. It's hard to get down. It's very chewy. I did not, did not like that at all. And what was that again? A cow what? Trape or tripe. What is it? I honestly don't know what it is. Like, I never really want to know. I know we don't eat it here. No one else really eats it. It was just, I've only heard of it there, so. Gotcha. What was your favorite weird, unique cuisine that you had? Hmm, that's tough. I would say probably, I had some sort of, like, duck dish, like marinated duck. And that was actually really good. Like, duck tacos, it was I think it was, in um, China. And it wasn't necessarily a taco, but it looked like it, and they were so good. And we're Americans. We could turn anything into tacos. Right, exactly. <laughs> so why not a duck taco? That sounds good. Yeah. Watching the TV show with your host mom, how was their TV, their movies? Were they kind of similar, just, you know, obviously a different language, or was there different 
characteristics or things that you saw in the shows and movies that, you know, were different than what we're used to? I would definitely say the shows and movies were more, like, dramatic and drawn out and stuff like that, which was kind of funny because it helped me because I was still, you know, unsure of, like, what I was saying in Spanish, but the facial expressions and, like, everything that the characters are giving made it a lot easier to follow along with what was going on. And also, I'll say their news is, like, so different. They have it, I think, in the morning at lunch because that's when everybody takes the siesta and then at night and it's very like short and to the point they tell what happens there's no outside opinions and also it's like more positive so i enjoyed watching their news a lot more in spain oh nice and when you say siesta do you mean everybody like takes a nap like we're in kindergarten Contrary to popular belief, not everyone takes a nap, but stores and businesses close from about 2 to 5, and then people will go back to work from about 5 to 8. So in that siesta time period, they go home, make or eat lunch. My host family actually did take a siesta, and they made me go to my room to take a siesta as well. So it's not supposed to be an hour, two hour long nap. It's supposed to be 15 to 30 minutes, and that's... Apparently the best nap you can get, and it, like, gets the people who have to go back to work um, through the day, so. Did it work for you? Was it a good experience? Did Are you still doing it now? I, I'm not still doing it now. If I do take a nap, it's definitely not 15 minutes, but sometimes when I, I don't have enough time, I will take, like, a 15-minute nap, and it does, it does wake you up a little bit more. So, I think they're on to something. I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I always get weird if I'm going to take a nap, I'm not going to wake up. Yeah, I hate falling asleep because I have to set like 12 alarms in order for myself to wake up. Probably because we wear ourselves out and then we're so tired. But I do understand the idea behind the nap, just maybe not for all of us. Yes, exactly. You went to Spain for the study abroad program at ISU. Sounds like you're pretty involved in that. Is there anywhere else that you may go to study abroad? So as of right now, everything's pretty, uh, I don't even know the word, up in the air, I guess, for study abroad programs, um, because we don't really know with the vaccine, like when everybody can get it and when it's going to be safe to travel again. I would love to go and study abroad again, but I'm going to be done with college next winter. I'll graduate, so... Hopefully, I can start something like Senora Gonzalez did at St. Bede and take students to places like Peru and Costa Rica when I'm a teacher. But as of right now, no, I don't think study abroad is going to be happening anytime soon. Yeah, that good old pandemic named COVID-19 messing something else up. I know. (laughs) How has that affected your schooling in other terms, besides study abroad at ISU, because of the COVID-19, are you doing Zoom videos? Are you actually going to classes? Are you still in Bloomington? Are you at home? Because some college kids are kind of just online students now, so they stay at home, don't pay room and board, and, you know, get their education. What are you doing during this COVID-19 time? So, unfortunately, all my classes have been online um, last semester and as well as this semester. I have Zoom meetings, like they're all synchronous classes, so at least 
my teachers are like getting up and they're teaching and stuff like that. But I definitely would say the learning is way different and not as beneficial from online, especially a language. It's hard to do that online. So I, I do give the teachers credit for trying as many things as they can to make students more engaged and stay off their phones during an online class. But yes, I am living in Bloomington. And that's mostly because I had already signed my lease before leaving for Spain. So I had no idea that obviously everything would get turned upside down in March. But I'm living there. And honestly, it's better because if I was at home, I would probably be talking to my parents or driving my brother's places and stuff like that. So it's nice to have my own space to do schoolwork and keeps me more focused. Sounds about right. Those little brothers, they're always a nuisance. <laughs> what are your little brothers' names, and how old are they? John and Ryan, and they are, they're actually twins, so they're both 15. Gotcha. Are they athletes as well? Yes. Yes, they are. Football, basketball, and baseball. I'm sure I will know their names and talk to them fairly soon. <laughs> I hope so. They're, they're characters, for sure. <laughs> we just got to get the world back to normal. That's all we got to do. Right. Which sounds way easier than it is. Are you a Bears fan? Yes, huge Bears fan. There's a pretty big game today. There is a there is a big game today, and I I think we have a chance. I do. I mean, I picked for, I'm in this pick em thing, and I picked the Saints, but my heart will always be a Bears fan, and I really do think we're got a shot. I don't think that the Bears are going to get ran over. I mean, we have a lot better chance this week than we did last week, but we did hold with the Packers longer than I thought we would last week. So, And last time we played the Saints, Foles was in, so with Trubisky, who knows? And that's the deal with the Bears. You never know what team you're going to get because they can play well and they can play awful and – Sort of in the middle, every game is a different Chicago Bears team. Exactly. And I actually just went to a Bears game, the one in Jacksonville, and that was so fun to watch <laughs> because they did so well. <laughs> and you were actually at the game? Yes, I was. I'm jealous of you again. <laughs> yeah, they smacked the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was a great game for the Bears. Yeah. And I was kind of bummed, though, because Robinson on the Jaguars wasn't in, and he was an ISU alum, so that would have been cool, but he was injured, so. Yes, James Robinson has been talked about on this podcast quite often. Went to high school, Rockford Lutheran, then goes to ISU, undrafted, becomes a starting running back, and he's like a top five running back in the league. He's been smashing it. Yeah. I was disappointed when watching that game that he wasn't playing because I was really looking forward to seeing him in a more closer look because let's face it, I'm not really watching a lot of Jacksonville Jaguar games. Right, exactly. What do you think the score is going to be for this NFC wildcard game between the Bears and the Saints? Ooh. Um, that's a good question. It depends, <laughs> it depends on how the offense runs today. Um, I'm going to go 28-27 Bears. 28-27 Bears. Yep. Okay, okay. Heard it here, folks. That is what Mackenzie <laughs> Brady thinks. 28-27. I would love to see that. That means it was a crazy close game, and the Bears pulled it out and upset the Saints. That would be amazing. Yes. I'd be thrilled if the Bears won. Me too. No doubt.
Every guest on Edge of Your Seat Podcast gets to play a game. Since we're just talking about the Bears, let's play now and then. So give me your favorite Chicago Bears of all time and currently. Okay, so my all-time favorite would have to be Walter Payton. That's pretty obvious. And also, that's what my middle name is after. So um, him, Dick Buckus, my Dicka, I love all of them. And I also love Brian Erlocker, Peanut Tillman, Devin Hester. I would say those are like my top all-time. But Walter Payton is your number one. Yes. He's definitely my favorite of all time. And my middle name's Payton after him. It's not Walter? <laughs> no. No, it's not. Thank goodness. I really thought it was Walter when you first said that. I was like, oh, I can see that. Mackenzie, Walter, Brady. <laughs> nah, Peyton was probably the better pick. I like it. I like it. Yeah. What about now? Who is your favorite Chicago Bear currently playing? Um, I would have to go. Gee, that's hard. Um, I have two. Roquan Smith and David Montgomery. Good, solid picks. I always throw in Eddie Jackson, but I like your two a lot. Thank you. <laughs> David Montgomery, the last half of the season was awesome. Yeah, he he's really just gone off. I'm happy for him. Hopefully we see that consistently next year and, you know, moving on because they really need him to do that. Right. Yeah, he's one of their best players, so. Mackenzie, we talked everything from schooling to Spain to other countries to weird, unique, kind of awful sounding food, but maybe it tastes better than it sounds. Got some Chicago Bears in there. I really, really enjoy talking with you and you sharing your plight of going to surgeries and going through all that process and still managing to you know, feel good and, and do everything that you're doing at the level you want to. So thank you for sharing all your stories and being part of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it.